the Hilliard Studio Podcast, your resource for everything happening in the Hilliard Studio Method world. Welcome, Hilliard Studio Podcast listeners, to part three of our three-part series where we're diving into Liz Hilliard, Lee Canelli, and how they got together and where the studio is now. So hopefully you've been listening to the first two episodes, the first episode where we talked to Liz about her background growing up in Concord all the way up until when she started Hilliard Studio Method. And uh, the second episode in the series, which, which, which was with uh, Lee Kennelly talking about her background growing up in Winston-Salem, you know, living a, a, a life with a husband and two kids, and then also how she got to be involved with Hilliard Studio Method as well. And for this episode, we've brought both the leading ladies <laughs> onto the microphone for them to be able to tell their story. How awesome is that? Hey. Well, it's pretty awesome. Hey, Lee. <laughs> Hi, Liz. Nice um, to have you back. Yeah. A lot of stories have been said, but I suppose it's kind of lovely to have the mic to ourselves. There we go. Yeah, for sure. Um, so we w- definitely want to talk about um, Hilliard Studio Method, where you guys are at today. But um, if for our listeners who listened to the first two episodes, we kind of left off with where you both were at at the end of your relationships with your respective husbands at the time. Mm-hmm. So what I want to do is, Liz, I'll start with you, but I want to talk about, you know, not, not to start off on a bad note, but this is the next step in the story, how that relationship started winding down. Mm-hmm. And I remember you talking about how you had at this point just grown in a different direction from where Aubrey was Let's pick up with that. When did you know that you needed to move on from that relationship? Okay. Well, thanks, Andy. It's great to be back and glad <laughs> Lee and I are both here. And I don't think that's starting on a bad note. Um, I believe that what I chose to do and what Aubrey Hilliard chose to do was a positive move for us individually and for us as friends and and, and eventually the breakup of our marriage. Um, and that was to respect one another and to be honest with one another about how we wanted to live the rest of our lives. But, you know, just like everyone else that is in, that is living life in society, we put the best face on it. And so it was a big shock for people that Aubrey and I split up. What's even been a bigger shock to people is how much we still care about each other. And so I say that that is not a story that I will do anything but say I'm very thankful for, and I will always respect and love my ex-husband. So, um, and that said, here we go forward. And now I'm in a relationship that is just fantastic with Lee and, um, thank God for that. So when, uh, you know, when you decided to move forward, Mm -hmm. uh, was this something that it it sounds like had been building to for a while at this point, was there anything that just put you over the edge or a a moment where you just knew, okay, it's time to do this? Yeah. Uh, that's a good question. There was a lot of over the edges, but it really had to do, and and I, I know Aubrey would say this, it had to do with me doing Hilliard studio method. It really, really did. Um, it became sort of like I had to, to block out a certain amount of time for our relationship. And that is not fair to, I think the entity of the relationship, nor to the person in my ex-husband, nor to myself. And so, um, it, it built up, there was not one moment. Um, so I would say that 
it came simultaneously with the the interest that I had with Lee. But you know, this was this was a marriage that would still be going today, and and doing very well in most people's eyes, but it would be a disservice to both of us. So I'm not answering quite your question because I don't quite know that moment that it had to happen. There were several, several moments. I just couldn't pull the trigger because I like him so much. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, he's a great person and we love being around each other still. We, we see each other all the time, but yeah. The trigger being pulled, um, I just finally decided, you know, I'm in my 60s. There's not there's not an unlimited shelf life for me. And I'm going to be all that I can. And I want him to also be all that he can. And also want to model behavior for people that care about me, including especially my daughter and my son-in-law and my fa- friends and family, that just because a marriage breaks up, a family does not have to break mm-hmm. up. And I've worked tirelessly for three years to see that that doesn't happen. And it is not pretty all the time. And it, it, it can have some ups and downs, but family stands by family and we are doing that. And I think that I want to say that to people that are maybe struggling in a relationship that they just go, Oh, I just can't, what would, what would happen to my children? You know, what would happen to this, that, and the other, if you don't put yourself first, and that is not in the any way, but in a very living your best life, you are the model for the people that love you. And if they truly love you, they will stand by you and you, you will hurt them doing that. There's no not hurt in growing growing hurts, building muscle hurts, building who you are is uncomfortable. And if you're comfortable all the time, you're not growing. One of the things that always has stood out to me about your story, uh, Liz, particularly your story with Aubrey is that mutual respect that seems to have taken precedent almost, you know, above everything else where you're making this really difficult decision. Um, one that you didn't have to make, right? Like it didn't seem like there was, you know, one sort of red flag or or several red flag moments that you you had to, that kind of forced your hand into this. Like a lot of relationships do they, a lot of relationships are forced into this situation because of actions of one part or the, or the other that are just irrevocable. Um, it seems like this, this was a decision and an action that you both came to almost mutually. And at the, at, at, during the entire time, it seems like you held, uh, in priority there, the sanctity of the wholesomeness of your relationship and the family at large. That to me is just so unique. And so, um, I don't know, clear-minded and mature that, I, you know, that's what keeps drawing me back to your story is how you were able to do that. So what's the secret? <laughs> Here's the <laughs> secret. And, and the secret is courage. And mm-hmm. I am not courageous in that I am not afraid. I am terrified. And when you can be terrified and walk through it and know if you know it in your gut and your heart, and if you really work on yourself and can hear the inside of you say, this is correct, do it. It will look like hell, but it'll turn into heaven. Then you must, must do it. You must be yourself. You must be yourself for yourself and you must be yourself for the people that love you. And there's no secret recipe to this. Um, I did so many, 
oh my goodness, the way I told my poor one child how the mistakes that you make in this mm-hmm. process, you go, you if you if you just sit around and beat yourself up on that, you will not live your life. So I had to forgive myself for making some bad mistakes with even the telling of this story to my yeah. own family and to repair it. And so I'm I'm so happy that I have done what I've done and that I can demonstrate, hopefully, even if it, ha- it has to be after I'm dead and gone to other people that may, may still feel like, you know, I, I cannot, in- I can't invest my energy and to people that maybe think I'm horrible or, and I'm, I'm certain, I'm certain many do, or, you know, misconstrued or misguided. Mm-hmm. I can't invest my energy in that because there will come a time in everyone's life. This is not just me. This is not just Lee. This is not just you, Andy. Everyone's life, there's decisions to be made. And many times we're afraid because it's terrifying to look on that other side for a million reasons. But if you can walk through it, through the terror, what lies on the other side is yourself and truth. And the people around you are going to see that and feel it. And they also are going to be motivated to find their own selves and truth. So it's not easy, of course, to, um, to look through that other side and then make that jump. Uh, Sometimes you can't see the other side. Sometimes you just know, I got to get out of here. Yeah. You know? So what advice would you give to anybody listening right now that feels like they're faced with a, a decision that they may or may not know what's on the other side? I say, if you meditate, meditate harder. If you go to a therapist, go listen to yourself. We can tell ourselves stories sometimes that are not true. But the gut knows the gut. What is that? The self, the soul inside of us, it knows what we need to do and we need to be and listen to that. And if you can't find it, then within wait to find it and then do it as gently as you can, but do it. Walk, walk your own walk. You're only here this one life that we know about. And so are you going to waste your time in fear or in trying to please someone else that honestly, when you look, when I get on the other side, like I've walked through this seemingly firewall, but I get on the other side and I think what I was doing was not pleasing other people. I was, but now it's more clear about who everyone is and everyone has not just, I have a freedom, but all those around me have a freedom. Freedom begets freedom. Love begets love. I mean, I just do it. <laughs> Nike, just do it. You know? <laughs> wow. Lee, I'd like to uh, turn to you and also kind of go through the uh, situation with you and Kevin. Now, I know mm-hmm. that things weren't quite as amicable uh, in your situation as they were with Liz's. And, you know, we don't need all the, the yeah. details or anything like that. Just what you're comfortable with. Yeah. But what's the moment that you knew that you needed to move on from your relationship? And again, yeah. uh, it, for those of, uh, of our listeners who listened to that second episode, mm-hmm. you were really just like you were glad. You were on, on just like a great path. It was the path that you wanted the, you know, the, the career, the kids, the house, the white picket fence, uh, metaphorically, or I don't know, maybe it was literal. (laughs) I don't know. But at what point did you know that you needed to make a change? Yeah. Um, God, I'm just kind of soaking in everything you said, Liz, which is what I, I always do. But the thing that keeps 
popping up is the courage um, part of that, that, you know, I have used maybe an ounce of what I could use. Right. So um, divorcing when no one in your family ever has, and it's just not what you do um, was always kind of looming every time, you know, our relationship struggled, I'm not sure I could give it, you know, an opportunity to grow a grow or change. Cause I was so stuck in the, the disappointment of knowing where it was going to go. Listen, Kevin is a great, great person. And I'm not just saying that in case he's listening, probably not, but he's a good, you know, faithful, hardworking, smart man, and a wonderful, wonderful dad. I think I am those things on the other side of the coin. I think together we just, what a good partnership when it came to very important things for ourselves individually. And as a family, when it comes to things like, you know, religion, beliefs, how, you know, we could have a great time together, but there's so much more that a couple has to go through. Was there a moment or a specific memory that stands out to you that you knew that it was time to move on? I mean, there are a few personal ones that you just go, you know, (laughs) people who are in love and really respect each other don't do what we were doing. You don't speak the way you do. You don't feel the way you do when the other person walks in the room. And so we you know, I didn't, maybe people think I just left him for you, Liz, and that's not the case. He and I both went through, you know, this road together and through therapy and together decided that we needed to separate. Mm-hmm. We needed to separate. Um, I knew Liz would always be on the other side of the table as a best friend. You know, when you're getting divorced, you only need to think about your relationship with the person and the children that are involved. I don't think like you spoke about mistakes. Um, you know, a lot were made. I think there's people who, you know, my family specifically still don't have for me what they need to kind of move forward. Um, but I'm, you know, a grown woman and had to make that choice just for me, just for my husband, just for my children. Um, and so no, I was not very courageous, um, at times, but I don't regret it. I don't regret it. I think she's pretty courageous. I was, gonna, I was about to say, wait, Sorry. wait, wait. You just, you just said that you went against the grain of exactly. everything that your family was right. talking about. She threw oh a firebomb in the white picket yeah. fence. I mean, that is literally uh, one of the most courageous things I've ever heard of. Like, it, it, you know, and I didn't even grow up with that pressure. Oh, you got to get married and you can't get right. divorced and all that. So, and, 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 and you lived with that pressure. You, you had the perfect lifestyle that everybody, you, you know, probably wanted for you and everything else. Right. And, and you were the one to say, no, I want something different. I want yeah. something for me. That is just courage and bravery defined, in my opinion. Mm. But some people still think when you think, I want something for me, for me, yeah, it's selfish. And I think the hardest part for Lee, I'm, I'm going to speak sure. for you one second. You're welcome to correct me, uh, is that... It's hard maybe for you to sometimes articulate to your own family, yes. meaning not her children, but her, yeah. uh, her other family, her main family, that this is not a selfish decision. Right. 
But at the same time, it is because you have to be yourself in order to be a great mother, in order to be a great citizen, in order to make the people around you better. So, yeah, I think you're super courageous. Thanks. (laughs) (laughs) So, Lee, you mentioned something that I'm sure other people have thought, too, which is that, oh, you and Liz met and then you decided to leave your husbands together. Right. But it wasn't like that. That's right. That's right. I mean, listen, it's pretty simple. If you think that I was sitting there going, oh, I'm going to leave this message in order to be with marriage, not message. Did I say message? (laughs) Okay. If I'm going to leave this marriage, this is the message I'm trying to take to be with a woman who is 26 years older than I am. And my boss, that just is not (laughs) what was happening. Right. I mean, we, I always talk about that first time that I met you when I walked into your studio and you put your hand on my back and we're like, Oh, glasses full. You can't come today. (laughs) That was our first meeting. Um, you know, if I look back at that, I like to think that there was some sort of energy there and a connection. I mean, you were before we became in this relationship, my best friend, you were the person I wanted to call to talk Mm -hmm. to. And so I think it really developed before we even knew it, but it's because of those things that I just listed on paper that make it so odd. You just don't think like I'm developing an intimate relationship with this person that is outside of Mm -hmm. my marriage. It Mm -hmm. just never felt like that. Mm. You know, I knew Kevin and I would, you know, be separated or divorced and maybe get back together regardless of Liz period. Mm. So let's talk about that. The first time that both of y'all met, so interested in that. (laughs) So, but it was at the studio then, right? So yeah, uh, yeah, Liz, take us through that. When, when did you and Lee meet? What's your version Uh, of this meeting? This is so funny because honestly, I didn't remember it. Um, I remember that Clary, my daughter at the time, I don't remember when I put my hand on your back and said, that's, we don't have room for you. I really, you know, I know you were busy about to teach. I was about to teach class. I had 36 people in the room, you know, and there's a new person I didn't know. And I think that's interesting that that's her thing. And, but, um, Uh, my thing is (laughs) I was, for some unknown reason, I became really close friends, except I know now why it is. It's because we're just, yeah, we are, we're just, we sort of grok. I use that stranger, (laughs) strange land term a lot because I don't know another word for, we just have this symbiotic thing. Yeah. Um, so the first, you know, our relationship grew into this incredible friendship And, um, the first time I had ever felt anything for Lee more than just, okay, let's be friends or whatever we were feeling was when I was going through a really hard day at the studio. And I said this, when we talked to Jake and Paige on their podcast, it was a flash of light, a bolt of out of heaven. I mean, it was one of the Cupid era things. And I went, it scared me to death because she put her arms around me and was saying, I've got your back or something, or I'm going to make sure you're okay. And something happened in that moment that turned me, changed me forever. I, I just, I held her back and I thought I can't let her go. Mm-hmm. And I didn't even know what that meant. Mm-hmm. And then I of course tried to rationalize and say, I must be definitely losing my mind. And, <laughs> you know, that sort of thing. I'm not attracted to women per se. And, uh, I'm, this is Lee. 
I'm, I cannot let this go further. Yeah. Cause she was, she was working for she you. She is my point. employee. <laughs> I am older than her by, she would be my child. Um, <laughs> We are women. Let me let me count the ways. I right? mean, there's. <laughs> I mean, was, but but yeah. what, what's shining through for me is that despite all of that, yeah, despite the logistical things, despite yeah. your other relationships and everything you've been taught throughout your entire life, right, you still have this sort of innate connection, mm-hmm. this undescribable connection that just drew you so much closer through this whole process to where you are now. Mm-hmm. And you all have been together for what, a couple of years yeah, at this yeah, point. Definitely and more than two years. And yeah. you're still, you know, working on a business together. Mm-hmm. Um, describe that feeling, I guess, like Lee, what is yeah. it, what, you know, what was that like, like having this attraction to this person that, that by the book, by the same plan and script that you followed throughout your whole life shouldn't even be anywhere near (laughs) this level of relationship. I know. Um, that's why I think it is something more than just, I don't know. It's like not a choice, right? I mean, I think the, the path that I described was like, okay, the next thing, the next thing, the next thing. Like I wasn't out looking for an older woman to date. Like that's why it just is so powerful that we are who we are because if that makes any sense, I mean, it just feels to me sort of uh, cosmic. I don't know. I really don't know. If you listen to the first two podcasts of this episode, you know, we're quite different. Yeah. We are so different. I was listening. Yeah. This, we, she went by the book. I was, I didn't even know where the book was. (laughs) (laughs) That's the truth. We are completely different. But I don't think we're like opposites attract either. I mean, Mm -hmm. we enjoy everything we do together. Like I, Maybe because I do go one week more with my kids and less with you. I don't think that's it. We just enjoy our time together, even when it's grueling work. And behind the scenes at Hilliard Studio Method can get a little rough sometimes, as as we all know, any business has that. And, And I can go into the mode of being, you know, who I am her boss in a way, but in a, you know, just sort of in that mode for a minute, but in that also respectful knowing it's Lee and we can work Mm -hmm. clearly together. Yeah. uh, Beautifully. And then put it aside and, um, and be together. And the joy that we share Mm -hmm. in simply daily life is just beyond my imagination. I never imagined it. There is one part I remember when, you were just speaking that I remember kind of being for me a turning point when it was work related completely. But I kind of said, I'm giving you my all here. Like I'm either part of this team or not. Mm -hmm. When I really said, these are the things I'm doing. And I was like, (laughs) it'll sense like demanding your, I don't know, telling me that it was, I was like really part of the team. There's something about us that you've always like, I'll always think of you as the boss. Like you are, like, I always have that ultimate respect for you yet. We're still only at the studio. <laughs> no, <laughs> no, but really, I mean, I do feel like we make such a good mm-hmm. team. We do. What were, so you're at this point where you realize there's something up, there's an attraction, there's this yes. sort of, you know, again, like, you know, uh, intangible connection that you both share what's running through your head as you move forward with this and it turns 
less into a friendship and yeah. more a life partnership. I was like, go for it. Oh, she was. You. I was excited. No, it was very exciting. But, and I'm the one that's remembered the free spirit and the get outside the box. <laughs> I'm the one putting the brakes on going, this has got to yeah. stop, stops here now. And, but of course say all the words you want, Liz, <laughs> because it's not going anywhere, but straightforward and everywhere up, down and around because it's, it was real and we knew it. Mm-hmm. And then you're like, wait a minute. No one can know this. And this is incredible. I mean, yeah. I am one of the people that just lives my life. I thought as an open book, I wrote a book about it. Be your true self, be powerful, find your strength at any age, meaning find who you are and own it. And you were helping me write that book. Are you yeah. sort of standing by me writing that book? And when you finally say, I'm going to do this, be careful of your words. I've said that before. Be careful of your words. Cause then I said, own your things, own who you are. That book, I feel like in some esoteric way made me really own who I was. And I didn't even know. True. I didn't even know that I could feel this way about Lee or this way about another human being, mm-hmm. honestly. Well, I think the book was honestly. probably, a, now that you've said it, like a turning point in our relationship. I mean, when you go through that process with someone and you see all their vulnerability oh, and- I realized how much I just wanted to help you, how much I wanted to be a part of what you were doing. Well, that's true because I was really digging deep to bring, I was trying to make the point that I'm, that we're making at this podcast as well, you know, be authentic and authenticity is overused and overworked and I almost don't want to use it, but you know, just find that seed inside of you and and nurture it because that's who you are. And until you do that, you're just spinning your wheels and being unhappy and being miserable. And so, uh, Lee helped me pull that out. I think we pulled a whole lot out during that and we (laughs) didn't even know it. Right. And then it just dawned on us. It just was like right in front of our faces. So it's, I am, I don't regret a moment of it. It's been a ride. And I, and I remember trying to hide it. Lee was like, let's go forward. Let's go forward. And I'm like, I've got a business to run. I've got people that think I'm somebody, you know? And again, that's just bullshit. And I'm just going to (laughs) say it on the air. That's bullshit. That's again, an authenticity Mm -hmm. until you tell those people better hear the real me. And this is the real me. Or I'm not doing anything for you, but spinning you another tail. Yeah. You know, so it was hard. <laughs> it was hard. Yeah. I, yeah. Can, I can only imagine again, coming from the backgrounds in which you're coming from the, just yeah. the social structure of, of what it looks like that you're doing. Yeah. Uh, can't be easy. Um, I want to talk about specifics though. Okay. What was y'all's first date? <laughs> Ow. A trip to Italy. Oh gosh, it was. <laughs> Honestly, yeah. Well, I mean, I mean uh, we, what? I must be dating the wrong people yeah, here. I know, right? <laughs> Nobody no. ever took me to Italy. I don't think of course, we I've have never the first. Anybody to Italy either, so. Right? So maybe so. you should. Maybe I should. See what happens. <laughs> no, I mean, that was our first adventure. I wouldn't say that we ever had a first date because we were just always we together. We were just together. Yeah. And we would go and then we would explore this, this, this thing. But we were under such scrutiny with uh, the rumors. I, I mean, you know, thank God people hopefully have forgotten 
forgotten all about that, but there was about a good nine to 12 months of some real rumor mill stuff about Mm -hmm. Lee and I, everything from, I was having a sex change. I'm like, Oh my God, I don't want to be a man. That would be horrible (laughs) to, um, just all kinds of craziness, you know, me being like, you know, what did they call me? Like, (laughs) yeah, one of those things. And, uh, so finally, but I do her point going to Italy it was in the midst of all these rumors going around this small town that we live in. And I love Charlotte so much, but, and sometimes there's, you know, we, we Mm -hmm. get caught up in rumor mills and, and this is lovely that we get to say our own truth, but we did get on a plane and go to Italy in June, right off after this came down in like April, May, sort of March, April, May. And I'll still remember wheels up that moment. The wheels left the ground of Charlotte and I went, I mean, like we exhaled. Yeah. And we had we left the, everybody in Charlotte to talk about it. Yeah, exactly. Oh, Lee was getting text messages on her phone going, oh, you can't believe what da, 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 da is saying about you. And da, 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 you know. And we just like turned our phones off and we went, let's go. Yeah. Well, I mean, I do think there's probably a sense that at the beginning people just thought, what is this? Like, this is some bling or Lee wants to live some like jet set lifestyle or whatever. Yeah, I'm a definite jet setter. Right. <laughs> but I mean, you know, only time will tell. Seems to me like. Well, time will tell. The the more I'm with her and, you know, all relationships, I suppose, go through changes. We just change and roll. You know, we, you know, I can't be easy. She's, you know. Difficult. (laughs) She's fun. Um, But it's just, it's fun. To me, I think that's what, Andy, are you in a relationship? We're going to interview you. Yes. That is what relationships are about. If you're not having most of the time, a really joyous time. And that doesn't mean you're having a party every night, but you're just enjoying being at a table with somebody or walking down the street or talking business or what it needs to be pure, real joy. And the difficulty comes and yeah, there it is. But behind all that is joy. And that's what Mm -hmm. we have. I know we really do. And I think, I hope that people see that and kind of, kind of take a minute to reflect on it because I do, there was some big time hate that came right after all of us, this and us. Um, and it just seemed that every time someone else had any thing negative or hateful to say, I wanted to kind of flip the mirror on themselves. I mean, I understand that, you know, there's other people involved and, you know, people could say, Oh, you know, what you're doing is wrong or whatever. And that's your belief. And that's fine. I'm not here to change it. I'm also not here to get my energy sucked out from it because if I'm happy and my children are happy and my ex-husband's doing well, then that's all that matters. And, you know, I just can't understand being angry at someone who's happy. So there's that. Well, I can. They just need, they just need to let, you know, they, they need to find their own. And I, yeah. again, I, I still say there's a great people. Those people that are still resistant to, um, to, to the joy that other people are living. Um, it's, I hope that one day they go, why am I resistant to that? Why do I need to make a judgment on someone else's life? I need to look at my own life. You know, anytime I feel I'm starting to judge someone else, which my gosh, I do. We're human beings and we have our, uh, we have our things. And if I do it, I go, oh, that's interesting, Liz. Yeah. Why is it you feel a need to judge what that person is doing? They have nothing to do with you. 
Well, and that's one of the things that I love so much about y'all's story is that despite all these societal pressures and norms that, you know, that you've basically cast aside that you're still able to um, really hone in on what's most important to you as individuals, as people. Mm -hmm. And what's cool about that is that that those two things, the things that you hold near and dear to yourselves intersect with each other and each other's lives. And that's really what you've, you know, kind of put paramount over everything else is this situation that not only makes you as an individual full, but also makes you as partners full. Mm -hmm. And that's, Mm -hmm. again, you know, you know, that's something that I think is, is not um, as prevalent as it should be in our society. A lot of people are trying to chase after the thing that they've been told is what they need to be looking after. Right. But you all are both setting a, 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 a trail blazing a new path really, um, for people to understand like, Hey, it doesn't have to be the white picket fence, the gold watch and, and all those sorts of things. Mm-hmm. It can be whatever I want it to be. Absolutely. Like and, it, and you can still get the white picket fence and the gold watch. Sure. We, you, the more you're yourself, the more beauty and abundance right. just flow toward you. And mm-hmm. we have nothing but, you know, abundance of, of love and joy. And we don't own a private jet yet. (laughs) But but, you know, it's, I can't, what more do you want? Yeah. Right. But to lead, we see so much pain and agony around us. Let's be joy and spread that. Yep. A couple of quick questions here about how you overcome some of the, you know, probably more uh, uh, apparent uh, differences. So the age Mm -hmm. difference. Yes. Um, There's, like you said, Liz, there's what, a 26? 26. Yeah. Your difference there. You know what, how, how do y'all get beyond that? I never Never had to get, yeah, (laughs) never had to get beyond it. I did. I, I forgot that I wasn't, that we weren't the same age. Right. We don't think about it. It's fun though. We do like to play, play with it a little bit. Yeah. You know, I mean, I always like when you see like in the news, a celebrity couple, <laughs> how far apart they are in age are like, no beat ya. And I'm always proud of we it. Do I don't play that know game. why. We do play that game. <laughs> I don't know you why. play that game. Yeah. But it's, it's fun. We bring two different perspectives. Mm-hmm. I mean, I bring, uh, the mindset of the 1970s. <laughs> She's learned a lot about rock and roll. And, you know, and uh, I mean, she also, and she brings to me just I, I, youth and beauty and, and a different perspective. The one thing I've noticed about getting older is I love getting older. I don't want to be the younger. I love it. Um, but there's so much more to, I want to keep living for a good long life because I want, I want to know more. I want to see more. Yeah. I want to feel more. And, uh, Lee opens that up for me and I, I don't know what, maybe I do a little bit for you, but, um, one thing about aging, try not to stop, you know, stay alive. And, but make sure when the box starts to close in and you go, Oh, now that I'm 66 years old, I can only do this and that. And I can only be in these relationships. Um, no, you can do anything you want to. Matter of fact, uh, all of heaven rejoices when you do. Oh, there she goes. There I go. Sunday school. Baptist Liz. <laughs> Let me ask this too. Something else I've noticed that, you know, is, is probably obvious that most other people see as, as kind of a barrier um, is y'all being the same sex, y'all mm-hmm. being females. Um, but something else I noticed about that is y'all are really intentional about not calling yourselves lesbians. Mm-hmm. Why is that? Well, um, I love the whole lesbian idea. As a matter of fact, I, hi- idea. can I just say, <laughs> I highly recommend 
<laughs> being with a woman. I'm just going to say that and leave it on the table because it is really, you cut through yeah. a lot of issues and it's really fun. But that also being said, um, I'm a human being. And if I pigeonhole myself into being a lesbian, which God bless you all lesbians, good for you. Or if I said I was a bisexual or if I said I was a whatever, mm -hmm. then I would be that. And I know what I am. I am a human being and I'm a human person being. And as long as I am that, I'm not going to limit myself to a sex or a thought or any of that. Yeah. And I love having a, a very romantic physical relationship with Lee. And I can't imagine anything better. That's it also. Uh, I can concur with that. I mean, I think it's wonderful that there are terms for people to feel like there is a place for them. So any term, lesbian, gay, mm -hmm. bisexual, that you're able to feel like you have an identity because I'm sure growing up feeling like you don't know who you are because, you know, it's not quote unquote the norm. Um, I'm glad that there are names that people can identify with. So it's not to downplay that at all. It's just in our experience, neither of us have ever been in love with another woman. You know, we've both been married to men. I've ch we all have children. And so it just doesn't feel like, oh, I was, you know, in the closet and had to come out. So it just doesn't so resonate. So I actually do feel that they, that lesbian and gays or queer or any trans, that is hard for them because I believe they right. are really... I would assume born that born that way or have chosen that. And once they have chosen that path, they can't see going back. Right. And that becomes a much tougher road to travel. Mm -hmm. And that's why it's important for me and Lee to speak out and for them to their voices to be heard because all human life is yep. to be respected and, you know, all religions are to be appreciated. Mm -hmm. And, you know, just because you you believe that they shouldn't do it, that's your belief. That's not what they should do. One question that I want each of you to answer here, and that is, uh, Lee, I want to start with you. Okay. What? Is it a game? Are we playing a game? I love a game. <laughs> <laughs> oh God. You can approach it as a game. Okay. Um, no, no winner, no winner, no loser, no She'll right win. or wrong. It's fine. But what do you think is most gratifying for you or what maybe are you most proud of uh, from having gone through this journey, this period of your life that, you know, you probably never saw coming when you were younger? Yeah. I don't know. Oh my God. Uh, well, it just choked me up because I'm just so happy. I'm so in love and I feel like everybody deserves this. Everybody deserves to have somebody who treats them as well as you treat me and who I'm so excited to see every day. Um, I'm excited about all the things we're going to do, but I do um, for my children. I just um, kind of am proud of myself for, for taking this route. I'm proud of them for sticking by me. I want them to be whoever they are, whoever they are, whoever they love, whatever they want to do, just to do it. 
Wow. I forgot the answer. <laughs> Liz, uh, same question to you. What do you find now that you're at this point is something that you're really proud of uh, after having gone through this, this period of your life? What, what do you find is most gratifying about being able to be where you're at now? Look back on it and say, yeah, I did that. Well, uh, most gratifying is to, to say to myself, uh, the day I die, I did it. I did me. I, I will not have a regret when I die. I will leave to my children and my grandchildren and all my friends and family, the knowledge that I lived my life as honestly as I could. And, uh, and gratifying that I get to be with Lee and I love her emotion and I love how she speaks through her, her tears. Thanks. The, the motto of Hilliard studio method is be powerful, mm-hmm. right? You have that on the walls. You, you put it big on the website and everything else. I, I can't think of a much better way to live out that motto than the way that y'all have lived your lives uh, and gotten to this point in your life. Because again, it's, you know, Lee, we were talking about how that's one of the most courageous things you can do. I feel like y'all just took the weight of society, mm. which is heavy, heavy and it is, you know, insurmountable. Sometimes y'all were able to move that and move it out of the way that cleared the path for you to, to truly be happy yeah. with yourselves, with your business, with uh, your relationship and everything else. And I think that's the embodiment of being powerful. It's not, oh, I can, you know, squat 400 pounds. <laughs> you know, it's not that I control, you know, I'm the boss and I control X number of people's lives and income. It's I was as true as possible to myself and live the life that I wanted to, that I think is just one of the most powerful things any human can do is to truly be themselves, live their life out and, and, and be honest about who they are and the things that they want. And I think everybody can learn a lesson from just listening to your all's story and, and, and seeing that despite all these obstacles in your path, uh, you know, and despite even having the things that you thought you wanted in your entire life, you're still able to see something above and beyond Mm -hmm. that, that was, that spoke even more truly to who you are and where you want to be in your life. Cause we only get one shot at this life, right? That's right. (laughs) So so there's no do overs. There's no like, Oh, let me, you know, try this one again, sort of thing. You're taking your one opportunity at life and making the most out of it. And it's clear to me that you all are, you know, happy with where you are today and you're fulfilled with where you are today. And that's, um, and, and that, that is something that makes you who you are and your business, what it is. So I just want to say thank you so much for telling that story here on your own podcast. Um, but letting me of course be a little small part of it too. So thank you for, for, you know, being as candid and as honest as, as you both have been. Thank you so much. It's certainly been our pleasure and we're not really finished yet. We're satisfied, (laughs) but we're going to continue to push forward and and push the barriers where we see them. Sounds like a plan. Let's wrap up on that. What is up next for Hilliard Studio Method? We're recording this at the end of 2020. Of Mm -hmm. course, 
course, we've gone through a year of pandemic almost, and uh, y'all have been able to pivot and and yes. and do more things with the business than you probably thought of yes. at, on January first of twenty twenty. So, yeah. so where are you at today with Hilliard Studio Method, and, and what's coming up next? Great, thanks for teeing that up. <laughs> um, so, what we have learned in twenty twenty, which I think has been many many blessings, mm-hmm. has been that um, to expand Hilliard Studio Method, we are doing it virtually and we have put our energy there. So we are going to continue to expand on our streaming platform, which is now reaching, I can't remember how many countries, but a lot, a lot of countries and people, I imagine, you know, I don't know how they know what we're saying in Taiwan, but apparently they're doing our work out there. (laughs) Great. I'm, I'm so happy to know that. And our podcast reaches around too, but one of the beauties that has come out of this is also where we're going in the future is this thing called Zoom. We call it- (laughs) Has anyone heard of that? We call it working out at home. And we have one studio- but we can get unlimited amounts of people on our screen. And that is, that is a, a growth product for us as well, because that is the personal instruction and you feel like you're in the room. Whereas the streaming, you're not having your name called out right. every five minutes, you know, to get lower in your plank, but we are actually corresponding back and forth voice wise and visually with these clients on zoom. Mm-hmm. So Lee and I've got some ideas that we might do that will expand the business even more into a more of a lifestyle. It is a lifestyle now, but as more of a lifestyle that we will talk about in a future podcast um, because we want to make sure we have our ducks in a row yeah. first. Good ideas floating around. Yeah. Some stuff in the back pocket. Yeah. Yeah. But I mean, the other thing we've done and what we will do going into the future is we used to have a lot of, of uh, personnel working at Hilliard Studio Method and without having to break any hearts or break any contracts, it has been an attrition because of this pandemic mm-hmm. that we've found ourselves in where we are now working with less people, but we're being uh, more productive um, I think you'll find that with a lot of businesses right. and, uh, we weren't lucky. We worked really, 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 really hard. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, so I won't take away, you know, Carrie Deaton always needs to be mentioned here because right. it's Lee and myself and Carrie Deaton, our director of operations who has made this, this pivot happen. Mm. Yep. Fantastic stuff. Is there anything else that you want to tell your listeners? And since they're probably all in a good mood about hearing about y'all and hearing about the business, anything that you'd like to leave the listeners with? What were you going to say? Oh, I was going to tell you Lee to tell about the products. The products? But, um, no, I mean, as far yeah. as just the business goes, let me say one more thing about the business. Yeah. We've got a lot of uh, clothing and, and things that we're doing online that you can sell that. Yeah. And they're all of our favorite things. Right. So we're, so again, the community and, and I hope you'll go online and take a look at that. But as far as something to leave on a parting note, um, thank you for listening to our yeah. story. Uh and please, please, please listen to your own story. That's the only reason we're telling ours. Right. Because you've, you've got, everyone's got their story. And I believe if we all shared our true story, I don't think we'd have a lot of problems in this world. Right. <laughs> you know, yeah. so be, be yourself, be powerful. Share the love. Yeah. Life's Thank tough, you. but we can all get through it. Life is wonderful. It Find is. the joy. 
Liz Hilliard, Lee Canelli of Hilliard Studio Method. Thank you so much for, again, sharing your, your story here on your podcast. But uh, it's a story that I feel like <laughs> a lot of people And we love having need. you on here. It's Sorry. Fun. Thank you. Thank you. We'll have to do this again. Yeah, sounds good. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, thank you to the listeners for listening to the, this episode and hopefully the other two that set this one up. Um, hopefully you got to know a little bit more about Lee, a little bit more about Liz, and really you know, know more about where they're coming from and where they're going. Because uh, it's a beautiful journey you guys are on, and uh, and I'm glad your listeners are getting a chance to hear about it. Thanks for listening to the Hilliard Studio Podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, please take a moment to subscribe to the Hilliard Studio Podcast wherever you get your podcasts. Give us a rating and a review so that others can find out about us. Don't forget to tell your friends to listen to the podcast too. We're going to keep providing you with great HSM content, including at-home workouts, healthy tips for you and your family, as well as candid conversations with Lee and Liz. Don't forget to follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at Hilliard Studio Method for all the latest HSM news. Book classes, stream workouts, buy gear, and much more at our website, HilliardStudioMethod.com. That's it for now. We'll talk to you next week.